0: Today on the Profitable Tradie Podcast. I always knew I wanted to do business, I just didn't know how to get there. Well the grass becomes greener, doesn't it? It's the downside of hiring amazing people, doing everything and doing nothing. You're busy as. That's what I was doing. (laughs) I'm getting the hairs standing up on the back of my neck talking about it, see? I'm a plumber, I'm a gas for the drain layer, that's what I got taught, I didn't get taught how to run a business. So I need to be shown how to be a business person. You need to seek that coaching because it will give you direction and it will give you an understanding around how you get where you need to go. It's a good way to ruin a good team member is to micromanage them. It's probably, in my mind, one of the hardest things. It's like running before you can walk, but it does work.
1: On today's episode, I interview Duncan Lees from OptiPlum, who is a member of the Million Dollar Trading Programme and has built an epic plumbing business in a very short time. Now, since starting his business just under three years ago, Duncan has built a strong team of 10 employees and recently hit $200,000 in monthly revenue. His business OptiPlum is well known for providing outstanding customer service and Duncan has managed to get himself off the tools and has big plans for the future. Tune in as Duncan talks through his exciting journey and shares all the lessons he's learned. You're listening to the Profitable Tradie Podcast, where every week we help you make more money, get your time back and make life and business a whole lot more fun. Join us as we transform your plumbing, electrical or similar service business into a successful operation. Don't miss a beat, hit the follow button, let's get started. All right, Tony Fraser-Jones here, the host of the Profitable Trading Podcast, uh, really excited about today's session. Uh, they say success leaves clues. And on today's episode, I interviewed Duncan Lease from OptiPlum. Uh, welcome, Duncan. Awesome to have you here, mate. Thanks for having me, mate. Yeah. It's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, excited to get into it. So I was actually going back through uh, the notes when you joined the Million Dollar Trading Program, take a few notes, yep. and uh, it makes it makes interesting readings. So it was uh, September 2021, I believe. Uh, you'd recently started your business, I think maybe eight months in, and uh, you had a couple of guys working with you. Things had been, you know, started off pretty good. You'd hit the ground running. You were super busy and you're feeling pretty stressed and you wanted to know how to grow a business the right way with good systems so that you could scale, you know, profitably rather than create a bunch of chaos. Yep. So so I guess my first question is, can you talk us through why it was important to, to make changes and, and get help uh, when you did? Yeah, so...
0: Um obviously I've always known that business was about sort of forward thinking but there's no point f- forward thinking if you don't have the tools to um, implement what you're thinking about. So I just knew that, I knew where I was heading, I knew that I wanted to grow and I wanted to know how to get there sort of as quickly as I possibly could you might say and I knew I couldn't do that without the tools. Nice. But that's why we are here today. Yeah, yep. happy days. Yep. So uh, when I joined the programme, it was myself on the tools and I had one tradesman and an apprentice on the tools as well. Um, yeah, doing everything and doing nothing.
1: You're busy That's as. That's what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Duncan's a big man, he can shift a bit of work but uh, it's, it's hard yeah. work doing it on your own. So how does it look now? Uh, 10 staff or 10.5. Tell me about the point .5, is it a very small person or half uh, it's a just, person? It's just or a, point
0: a t- .5 of time, not right. so much stature, more time. Just a, a marketing person. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yep. And so we're ten. Yep. We're ten now. We're uh, three in the office: myself, uh, op, operations manager, office manager, and a point five of a marketing person. Yep. And seven on the tools. Nice. Yep.
1: And what's the uh, what's the monthly revenue look like now?
0: Over two hundred. in yep. the, yeah, the last three four months. Yeah,
1: that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Good stuff. Very happy with that. Yep. And in yep. terms of um, your profitability and, and gross margins. Uh, what, do you, what do you sort of look to hit these days?
0: Uh, between 40 and 50 for sure. Yeah, or for your gross profit. That's what we're, yep, yeah, for gross profit, 40 and 50%. So that's what we're always
1: angling at. So you've made some cool changes, made some great progress. Uh, and um, what I'd love to know is what has the results of that meant for, for you and, uh, and your family and just life in general? The biggest thing for me and my family is obviously um,
0: control. Not Not having control, you know, not, uh, being a control freak, so to speak, but I feel in control because I've got levers that I can pull to uh, make things happen without me having to, you know, bend over backwards and pour my time and
1: effort into that rather than my
0: family, which is where it should be. Yep. And
1: so now that you're further down the track, you feel like you've got more more ability to do that. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Without a doubt. And you've got uh, kids. What age are your kids? I've got three kids. I've got uh, my oldest son is seven and a half. My daughter's five and a half, and my youngest boy is just over three.
1: Yeah, yeah. so it's busy times. Yeah, it's very busy. He mm. was six months when I went into business. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, yeah. hasn't known any different. So, no. I'd like to just rewind the clock a little bit. Uh, so, you were uh, a key employee in in a large established business before you you know, went out on your own. What made you do your own thing?
0: For a long time, I always knew that I had more to give, and I wanted more. I've always wanted more. I just. Didn't have the tools to to do that. Yeah, I'm not from a my family's not from a business background, and I was never had any sort of mentors in that area. So um, I always knew I wanted to do business. Um, I just didn't know how to get there. Being part of a big business, big well established business, I learned a whole lot of uh, really helpful things that I'll be grateful for for a long time. But um, still wasn't enough for me. I needed to be able to absolutely mold what I what I. What I saw was the perfect business, so to yeah. speak.
1: And, and I think this might be something just cool to reflect on for, for people who are listening. Maybe they've got a key person in their business uh, as well. Um, what lessons did you learn from your experience working with another business about how you need to treat uh, you know, your key employees?
0: So... Obviously I was a key employee. What I, w- The biggest thing I learnt was to make sure that the communications are open and constant and obviously your key employees have to work with your um, personality. You need to be, it's okay to be uh, not required day to day but you still need to be connected. People out there will, who have uh, operations managers or estimators or that of the like for, uh, for people or project managers, they'll know that being connected is real or they should
1: being connected, Be- being connected to, the, to the owner
0: Just being connected to your staff Right Yep To your key staff definitely And that doesn't necessarily mean uh, following them around And making sure they're doing the right thing But understanding your people on a personal and professional level So that you can see without being there all the time You can see what's happening You can see how they feel What's going on Okay so that, right?
1: that's basically understanding how they tick yep. What their needs What their wants are yep. You know what their goals are uh, all that sort of thing, yes, okay, definitely yeah and and if that doesn't happen, how does it affect your key employees?: Well, the grass becomes greener, doesn't it? I mean, it's
0: the downside of hiring amazing people. If you hire amazing people, they need to be um, fed some amazing content to to do what they need to do. They need to be pushed, they need to be kept accountable. Um, they need to know that if the proverbial poo definitely hits the fan, then someone will be there, you know that's the basis of it in my mind. Awesome. definitely
1: yeah yeah no, that, that makes a lot of sense got to know they're valued and also that there's uh, some brightness of future and there's a place they can grow as well yeah yeah so you've made lots and lots of changes and uh, you've done some great things uh, and and I think you should be really proud of it. what I'd like to focus on is a few of the things that have made a huge difference so we can share your wisdom and have a discussion that will really help you know the listeners first area you've obviously made some great gains in revenue you know, when we started working together, you've two to three X that, that revenue hitting over 200K after less than three years, which I think is a great result. What have been the, the key drivers of your revenue growth?
0: Obviously, staff is a massive driver. Um, having goals around your revenue is number one. Number two would be having staff to be actually help you to get get, get to those goals. Good clients. You know, you, you, if you if you want to be a good business, you've got to have good clients. You've got to have good staff. You've got to have good systems everything's got to be good. So there's no point working for people who uh, you're going to get a low margin out of or you know, they're not going to respect your service. It's just not going to happen. So the main thing is obviously respect yourself, where you want to go and mould your business, your staff, your suppliers, your employees, everything around that. So you talked about goals. So what What's the process or what do you do
1: in terms of setting goals for revenue?
0: We work that out through obviously PT resources. <coughs> we work out... How many staff we're going to have? Um, I work out how many how many staff I want to have, or wh- what I foresee the revenue that I want, and then I and then I backfill the staff from there, and then I understand sort of simultaneously understand which clients we already have, which ones we can um, get more juice out of, so to speak, or you know, without having to market too much more, and then after that we just. Market out or network out?
1: Yeah, and I'd love to dig into the marketing a little bit, but I think something you've touched on there I've found to be really profound and helpful when growing a business. And most people are like, well, I'll wait till I get the work and then I'll hire the staff. But uh, in my experience, and I think what you're digging at is uh, figure out how much revenue and profit you want to make and then work backwards to how many team members you need to make, you need to have to make that happen. uh, Because uh, often the hardest thing to do is to find the employees. And if you can find the good employees, The work tends to just come. Has that been in your experience? Definitely.
0: And it's far from easy to understand as a human being. Oh, yeah. It's probably, in my mind, one of the hardest things. It's like running before you can walk. That's what I compare it to. And it is hair-raising, but it does work. It's forced commitment, you might say.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a phrase we use, forced commitment or creating the vacuum. You've actually created the environment where you have to find the work, and uh, that puts the pressure on you to do it. So let's dig into that. What are what have you done to actually grow that revenue? How have you gone about finding work? What are the strategies you've put in place that you've found have worked for you?
0: Uh, We have a little bit of a process. As I've moved along, I've had had a little bit of a have a little bit of a process now around. We sort of cherry pick the clients that we're after, and then we um, I network either network with them or market to them, and then we have a a deliberate process in which the moment we get a job for them, we. we basically go into overdrive and we just go through the process of um, giving them the most optimum service that they can receive and then we come back, ask them how they how we went, we continue to give them the optimum service and we just, the whole team are on the same page with that to be honest, it's just how we do, they know we're growing, everybody in the team knows we're growing so we get our hands on to a new client, a good quality client and we,
1: we make sure that they yep. stay with us. Hence the name OptiPlum. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. What are the ways, what are the marketing tools that you've used to identify those key clients? What do you actually do marketing-wise?
0: In terms of what we do marketing-wise, we haven't done a whole lot until uh, early on this year. You know the market's changed a lot. What I do now is I sort of, I know the area we want to work in, I know the client we want and I more or less, like I said, I cherry pick them and then I market to them either directly or I network with them or I use um, other contacts as soon as I can. I get them into the database so give them a call, touch base, get their details, get them into the system and then we can market to them through our marketing emails. Yep. LinkedIn, for, for me LinkedIn is big, yep. uh,
1: just works for our maintenance yep. work. So what would be your advice to other business owners who want to grow their revenue and they're looking at you, they're like well he's been in business less than three years, he's gone from zero to 200k a month and I'm still struggling along or maybe my revenue's been flat for a long time, what would be your advice to them to get them unstuck?
0: Don't overthink it. It's very basic, right? You've got your key work that you want to carry out. Every set of key work, whether it be new housing, whether it be maintenance, whether it be uh, renovations, whether it be drainage and vice versa for your electricals or your other trades, You, you know the market you want to be in. So you really just need to go into that pool, identify people who you think there's lots of ways to identify it. You can identify it with their online presence. You can identify it with the projects they work on, with the people they are the type of person that business owner is and then you just attack them you know with your marketing with your good service with your good staff
1: yeah I think there's something there that um, you said really casually which might have slipped under the radar for a lot of people (laughs) and that was you you choose or identify your market and I think that's often where a lot of people fall down they're like I need work well I just need work it's like I don't really care what work it is any work will do Uh, but I think you know what we teach our members, and obviously you've been through this before is that um, you've actually got to figure out what type of work and be quite specific about it because if you if you want any type of work, then it's hard to figure out what type of marketing is going to work. If you know specifically what you want, then it's pretty easy uh, and you can be very direct. and I think if you like you alluded to, if you can get the name, you know the business name and the name of the key people to target, it's actually pretty easy, right? yep definitely it's, it is that simple. yep,
0: it is. If you market to the wrong market so to speak, you're going to end up, and your team's not suited to that work, it's going to kill your margin because you're going to get callbacks. You are going to get you don't know how to do those jobs, so it's slow. It's very slow to build your revenue. You've got to go into things you're really good at, no callbacks, good margin, and then you get your profit pool so you can grow. Yeah,
1: killer. Yeah. So the key lesson there, I guess, is know which market you want to target. Definitely. And to, you do that by figuring out what you're good at, uh, your back cost your jobs, and figure out you know, where the profit is as well. It's really the key ways. Let's look at things from a different angle, and, and one of the things I've really respected about you is you've had some challenges with, you know, being overwhelmed and, and stressed with your business growth journey, and it's been really real. Uh, so how has that stress affected you personally?
0: Oh, it affects me heavily. When you get to our size, you've got staff who need to pay mortgages, you've got, you know, your own family, obviously, because you've got all sorts of overheads and things like that, and then you've got add a little bit of uncertainty, and it doesn't work too well with a lot of people, so in terms of working through that it's just about controlling the controllables so to speak um, you know being grateful for what I've got and where I've, where, where I've got to has been big for me
1: yeah and we've had a couple of conversations about this and I think uh, one of the big lessons that um, I've learned and I think you've done well is that you're actually prepared to put your hand up and be vulnerable with where you're at with this and I think a lot of people it's quite difficult you know we're in a pretty male dominated industry and I want to, don't want to get into all the deep and meaningfuls here the DNM but <laughs> this is actually It's real, right? This is real Yeah. And it's really important to actually put your hand up and reach out for help when things are difficult, isn't
0: it? 100%. Communication is probably right up there with the top uh, relief for this type of situation if you're going through it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I know you've done a few things, you know, looked at uh, meditation and and breathing exercises and all this sort of stuff, and I think you do that stuff quite regularly now, don't you? Yes, definitely. Yeah. If we don't do stuff to keep ourselves strong you know, on a daily basis, our resilience goes down and then shit gets on top of us. So that's, I guess, one thing I I think we've talked about. And the second thing is, obviously, it's good to have some strategies when you are really tapped out to just kind of unlock things. I love what you said about controlling the controllables, though. Can you maybe give us an example or talk through how that works? Maybe a a big challenge that you've had, which has felt really overwhelming, and, you know, what you actually did to actually get through it by actually focusing on the you could control?
0: Yeah, so... Well, recently I've, um, r- right in the midst of being overwhelmed and not having a whole lot of work, I um, did what probably not a whole lot of people do but some other, some people would have been through before and that's so I hired two staff, um, two tradesmen to just ramp my revenue to the next level. Very, very difficult to do but um, uh, learned a lot about myself. What I, what I did through that stage was obviously I just st- prepared myself fully in terms of I gave myself what I wanted to do. It was hire two staff, what did I need to do that? I needed a vehicle, two vehicles, I needed stock, I needed more clients. So I listed that down and then I basically worked from the top. I obviously job ad straight up, just controlling what you can do. There's no point saying you want to do something and then not uh, paving the way, so to speak.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and and I think breaking it down is important. If you are listening, you're feeling overwhelmed, it might be you've had a couple of people leave your business and you're like, holy I need to find some more people. And you're like, I need someone now. Well, that's that's not something you can control. But what you can control is getting a job ad, writing a job ad, and posting it. That's a controllable. And then another controllable is if you haven't got the replies you want after a week, changing it to see if you can get something else. That's a controllable. Yep. A controllable is uh, you know, uh, you know, going to the suppliers and and uh, seeing if you can get the, the word out there that you're looking for someone. Yep. And so it's focusing on the actual stuff that you can do, which will move the ball down the field. Yep. Uh, and I think. And we've talked before often that what people do is focus on the end result that they want, which might be, oh, I need extra clients. And how am I going to get the extra clients? But they forget about the steps along the way, which is like you said, well, oh, why don't I go through LinkedIn and actually find people who I could talk to? That's a controllable. Yeah. And then I can control them by actually making a phone call or buying a coffee and going to see them. That's a controllable. Yeah. And when you live in the controllables, actually, that changes how you feel about things, doesn't
0: it? Yeah. And when you're doing all of that, you're getting through your controllables and, you you, you know, you're getting to the next stage, recognize that and understand, okay, I'm, I'm there now. Well done. You know, that's a positive. Let's go. Give yourself a pat on the back. Carry on. It gives you that burst of, uh, what's the chemical, my friend? Oxytocin?
1: Uh, that's the one. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. So it just helps you feel good, you know. Get yep. a big price in. Get a job. Get a, you know, get a job over the line. Yes, well done. Let's go. Move on. Buy a vehicle. Yes, we're in. Kit it out. Yes, we're off. Yep. You know,
1: I'm getting the hairs of standing up on the back of my neck talking about it, see? (laughs) Well, I mean, this is the thing. There's always more to do, isn't there? There's always more to do than you can do. So if you don't focus on the wins you're having along the way and if you're not grateful for the results you've got, it ain't going to be fun. Uh, So I think that's something that I really um, admire about how you've gone about it because I know that it has been really, you know, it's been pretty difficult at times as well. Yes, 10 staff, two and a half years. Happy, happy, joy, joy, you know.
0: It's been very difficult getting there. Yeah, very difficult getting there, but I'm focused, you know. Very focused on what I want to do and definitely celebrating the wins as we go. Yeah, 100%. So what I'd also
1: like to dig into is the profitability of the business, You know how how you actually made it profitable. Uh, So what do you actually do to help you achieve strong profit margins?
0: Number one is obviously staff Um, for me, staff definitely, client client base and staff. We do what we know how to do and we do it to an absolute top level every time. We do what we say we're going to do. That's the best way to, um, with staff and with clients. That's how we get quality clients, it's how we get quality contracts and <coughs> it filters down from the top obviously so we're organised and efficient. We're as efficient as we possibly can be operationally. The rest will work from there. If you have the right people in the right places and you've got your um, your OPEX or your, your overhead staff um, finely tuned
1: then it just it just works. So you talked about organisation. What do you think specifically you do from an organisation standpoint that really helps drive that profitability? The biggest thing you need to do is get the
0: the biggest weapon of a job job management system that you can find. Yeah. Um, in my experience, I've worked with job management systems for over ten years. Some now. people
1: call it field software, but it's the same thing. Field software yep.
0: or job management system. You know, you know, there's, there's various different ones. Get the get the biggest and best one you can find because you'll never outgrow it. And then you absolutely lean on it because you are paying for it, and you just have everybody buy into that system so that everything's done from the system, and then your efficiency just unfolds from there.
1: Ours has, yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, what do you do in terms of the financial numbers? So, what do you do in terms of tracking stuff and and you know margins and and P and Ls and all that sort of stuff? Because I think that's something you, you you do well as well.
0: Yep. So the job management uh, tracks. On a job by job basis, obviously I'm tracking constantly tracking the margins um, every month. Every job gets tracked down to the letter in terms of the margin, so to speak. Um, that's net profit and gross margin. Monthly, I'm delving into the the bottom line and understanding what's happening with the margin and the net profit. And in relation to because of where we are, we're always up and down. We, you know, I've been adding overheads and and we're still a small business. And you know, I've been um, investing in front of where we are. So I'm always having to keep a real close eye on cash flow and um margin, yep. so to and, speak. And and you do a monthly profit and loss, don't you? Hundred percent. Oh yep. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm watching the P and L throughout the month now. Just to track the sales. Yep. Track and the we, sales. And yeah margin. and when
1: you're pricing work, uh, do you have targets that you aim for when you're pricing jobs so that you know you've got something to shoot for? How do you work that process? In terms of margin, absolutely, yep. Yep. The, every
0: job is priced to a margin. It's yeah, it's not priced to anything else. It's priced to the margin. Work out what the job need what needs doing on that job, and then if the margin's not right, you tweak it until it is.
1: And we're talking gross margin, there, aren't we? Gross margin. Yeah, we're not talking yep. a markup. No, gross margin. Yep. Okay, cool. Not markup. Okay, so I think you alluded to it. You had a rough patch a few months ago, and work seemed like it was was drying up, and the team, you know, perhaps didn't have enough to do, and it was pretty stressful. What did you do, and and what are you doing marketing wise to ensure you've got plenty of work ahead of the team?
0: The first thing I did was sort my head out so that I could think straight. Because if you can't, there's many sayings: "Fish rots from the head," or "Put <laughs> I put, love put, that put, saying. put your own oxygen mask on first. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a few different ones. Yeah. So um, I sorted myself out first and just got my head straight so that I could um, understand where I was going, how I was going to get there. And then I went through and did a couple of email blasts and um, you know utilized our existing um, client base so that you know minimal marketing costs on that one. Utilized that, got a few jobs, quite a few jobs. Um, out of that one, and then just from there created checklists on site checklist for the guys to um implement in terms of upselling so and we just yeah, 20 odd jobs from an email blast ended up being sort of you know up to 50 and then ongoing and all of a sudden we were really quite busy. so that was a massive learning for me to uh, watch the pipeline a bit harder.
1: yeah, and that's uh, particularly in these uncertain times the the pipeline can dry out a bit yeah. so. I think that's something we've seen with our members as well is uh, if you're not tracking how much work's in front of your team, uh, you can get a really nasty surprise. uh, And uh, it's actually taking your eye off the ball if you're not doing it. Now, I understand it's hard, isn't it? Because you're busy doing work, you're trying to get done uh, and worrying about the future is like, that that might be tomorrow's problem. But if you don't worry about it, it becomes today's problem pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a good investment to um, set aside some time to watch... What, see what's going on. If you're getting jobs cancelled, you need to act on that fairly quickly and understand how big a hole that's going to leave, so that you can action. You know, pull your levers and see what you know what you've got on the back burner and what you can add in there.
1: Yeah, and look, if your monthly revenue is two hundred thousand dollars, and I know yours is slightly different. You have a lot of maintenance work, which tends to come in, you know, daily and weekly. Uh, but if you're a projects business and uh, you you normally have six hundred thousand dollars work in the pipeline, you've got three months in front of you, and all of a sudden that's down to eighty. You're not measuring it. You're going to get an awful fright. So you do need to measure it and understand how how it looks. Yeah, understanding your turnarounds
0: is very important in terms of w- we do project, we do construction, renovation, and maintenance. So every market has a different turnaround, right? So you've got to understand that. You know, if you've got no houses on or whatever on commercial projects or whatever now, if you haven't priced any now, it's unlikely they're going to be in the books for quite a few months. So
1: yeah, lead time's important to understand. And if yeah. it is maintenance work too, it's like if the phone is not going as much. That's a pretty good indication that um, it's going to get quiet. Yep, so, definitely. Uh, keep an eye on it. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Let's talk about team because this is something you do exceptionally well. I mean, you started the business just under three years ago. You go from zero employees to a team of ten. Uh, when honestly, most plumbing and other tradie businesses have actually struggled to hire. So, what do you do to make your business stand out from the crowd for potential employees?
0: Well, it started with me. So, I, my first hire was someone that I knew well, and I knew that he would uh, the values He was a values fit. So, the the key is, uh, to make ourselves look enticing, you might say, to to potential employees. Our social media is huge. It's always been focused on our um, people rather than what our projects, so to speak. And I
1: think that that's a really important point of uh, difference. Is uh, Often your marketing and social media and stuff, people are thinking about getting clients, but actually the most powerful thing you can do with it is often to market for employees, isn't
0: it? Yeah, and often if you're marketing for employees, there is a a roll-on effect to clients anyway. 100%. Yeah, so definitely, um, you know, we want to be perceived as a good employer, but obviously the number two thing is to actually be one. Uh, What I found was, obviously my first hire was someone I knew well, but when he actually got in, he realised how good it was and then he started talking to people and then the next person we hired did the same thing and now we've got eight people who talk about how cool it is to work there. It's, yeah. it's not a walk in the park. It's a hard job, you know what I mean? It's where are trades people. Everyone yeah. knows it's, it's a hard job but there's, a, there's certainly a place for enjoying the people
1: that you work with and enjoying what you do. And I think there's a, a, a real good lesson in that. If you are not getting, like you think about clients, if you're getting referrals and word of mouth, it means you're doing a good job. If you're not getting a lot of referrals and word of mouth, it means you're probably doing an okay job or maybe a rubbish job. But normally it's just okay. Yeah. It's, like, it's not outstanding. It's exactly the same for employing people. Yep. And if you're not getting your, uh, your tradespeople or your technicians or even your people in the office referring their friends or people they know to work with you or sounding them out or letting them know that there's a job opportunity, there's something probably not quite right. You're probably not quite hitting the mark. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I I think you probably you hit the nail on the head there. So referral business for team members is actually the best type of referral business. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And what what is it about what you do that you think uh, makes your team want to want to refer their friends? What is the points of difference? It's all good and well to um,
0: sort of portray yourself as a good place to work, but. You need to actually be engaged with your staff and sort of understand them on a bit of a deeper level and see where they are.
1: So if I came and sat with you for a week or so, what would I observe about how Optiplum treats its employee its employees that would show me that difference?
0: Plumbing maintenance is a fast job. So we offset we offset what the, what they're all doing at different times. We can we can see that someone's getting tapped out, so to speak, in terms of time. Uh, we, we we take special care around that. We obviously we have twenties uh six weekly at the yep. moment 6 to 8 weekly yep. and we know what the people what our people or our guys at this point um what makes them tick so we know where they're wanting to go we know what they're wanting to do uh, we've got a young team so they're constantly um getting through the qualifications so we help them out with that make sure they're on it you know if someone doesn't do too well on an exam or something we get in behind them as a team you know we just our personal lives intertwine with our professional you know we we all know each other we are a team at the end of
1: the day you know when you hear someone tell you that they're an honest person you never believe them because you don't have to tell someone you're honest if you're honest you just be honest so it sounds like you basically you just care yeah
0: that's the key to it you know what I mean it's the old saying or the old thinking around yes they come to work and they get a wage and they go home they should be very grateful is sort of out the door you know what I mean uh, there's a lot of opportunity out there for a lot of lot of different in a lot of different areas these days and you really need to um concentrate on building your team and keeping your team and
1: you yeah know. okay let's talk about the actual process what is your can you talk us through your hiring process yeah
0: it's a fairly familiar process to a lot of people probably uh, hopefully it's, it's got, yeah it's a special process am I allowed to talk about it yeah you can talk about okay. it okay that's right it's an 11 step process which i have um, 11 steps is it 11 yeah it is yeah. you're right yeah i, like I know the sound it. Of this. i know it very well so I follow that um to the letter, basically. Yeah. Don't don't muck around with the script, someone smart once told me. And um yeah, I follow that to the letter. And um I put a very big onus on or importance on the in person interviews. That's big. I really push a few buttons in there and understand start understanding that person. Why are you coming to me? Why are we talking sitting down and talking? Um you know what are you up to in your life? Where have you been? Ask a few situational questions, um, decide on the values fit, just to see whether or not this person is um, suitable. You know, I've I've got a couple of guys, two or three guys now that have you know um, they come to me and they, to be honest, probably a little bit underqualified. When I hired them, I thought they were a little bit underqualified, but once getting them in the door and giving them the uh, optimum treatment. So to speak, they actually just flourished, and they've become leaders within our team very quickly.
1: Yeah, well, it's the it's the values for, it, isn't it? If they've mm. got the right attitude, yeah, uh, much easier to train skill than train attitude. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, the eleven step hiring process is the uh, process we teach our members. We're kind of speaking in code there, but uh, yeah. it's absolutely critical, and it you know it goes from uh, telephone interviews to face to face interviews to some psychometric testing and reference checking. there's a whole bunch of stuff in there, but it's really critical, like you said, to have a process and to follow it. Because otherwise, you just tend to have a chat with them, uh, you know, at the back of the workshop. And I do, I like them, and you hire them, yes or no? Which is not the way to build a team.
0: No, definitely not. Yeah, um, those chats will not get you anywhere. Yeah, having those chats, I've turned down multiple tradespeople because the old way it used to be done is we don't, you know, I don't do CVs, I don't do references, I just get a job. I've never had to do a CV. Well, welcome to the party, mate. Yeah. Everybody does a CV here. If you can't do a CV, Everybody that's goes a problem. through the process. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: One of the things I really like about what you've done is uh, you really think about stuff and uh, mindset's important. So what mindset changes have you had to make to achieve the success you've had?
0: It doesn't need to be perfect would be very high up on the list. Doesn't Amen. Need to be, yeah. Definitely doesn't need to be perfect if you're listening out there. Um, make a plan. Implement the plan. Tweak it as you go. That would be one of the highest ones. Uh understand yourself. Do a disc profile on yourself probably. Understand yourself before you start building your team or while you're building a team so you can understand the type of person you are and um, that'll go a long way. Make your goals and run with them regardless. There's always going to be uncertainty. Just let it happen. If you're focused and you're planned, it will happen and it will work.
1: Actually, something else I think we we talked about um, maybe before we started today was... um, about uh, how you, as you've grown the team, you've, you've found you've had to really get out of the way of your team. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that because I think that's a great lesson. Yeah,
0: it's a huge lesson. <clears throat> it's a good way to ruin a good team member is to micromanage them and um, a lot of people listening will be the business owner and they'll be um, looking at people and going, you know, why aren't you doing it properly or, you know, think they need to jump in there and just get involved but you're never going to clear yourself enough space, so to speak, mentally or physically to be able to do what you need to do to grow the business if you can't uh, get out of the way of your people, right? There's no point hiring good people if you're not going to let them be good. Let them be good. It'll give you time you need and you can continue
1: to get on your path and do what you need to do. Yeah, for sure. How important is getting outside help being for your success? Massive. It's
0: absolutely massive. It's um It's like trying to be a plumber without a trade. You know what I mean? Like we're we're all um, a lot of people are business owners, but the first thing they are is a tradesperson or whatever they do for a for a living. Um, we get taught to. I get. I got taught to plumb. I'm a plumber. Plumber, gas for the drain layer. That's what I got taught. I didn't get taught how to run a business. So if I didn't get shown how to be a plumber, I wouldn't be a plumber. So I need to be shown how to be a business person, which is huge. You need to seek that coaching because it will give you direction and it will give you an understanding around you get where you need to go
1: for sure what have you valued most about the help you've received
0: resources would be very high up on the list resources for me uh like i said at the start i know i know where i want to go but a lot of the time i don't know or in the past i haven't known how to get there so the um the resourcing is huge with um, pt when you talk about resources what specifically uh do you mean people and um you know your website resources that pt's got when, you part, when you're you part for members um, but also the team PT team can just um, give you you know <laughs> as a business owner you no one tells you what to do because you're the business owner your staff don't tell you, you maybe your wife doesn't tell you or she does maybe she does maybe wife. she doesn't know either depending sometimes let's get yeah. into that <laughs> exactly but it's if you stand at the top for too long and no one gives you a kick up the bum then you, you tend to get a bit complacent or a bit lazy or maybe not you just you just need someone to go hey man you're you know, you need to look through, look at the forest through the trees. yeah. You know, have a look at that. You're missing that. Oh, okay. Heck,
1: I didn't even realise. Yeah. For sure. Well, Duncan, this has been a pleasure chatting. I uh, really appreciate you taking some time. Uh, I guess a couple of things I want to say to wrap up. One is uh, congratulations on the success you've had so far. And the second thing is, and you may or may not know this, this is only the start. There's actually an amazing journey that's to come as well. Uh, and I've worked with, you know, hundred thousands of business owners. And uh, I know some of the traits that successful people have, and you certainly have that. So what I'm looking forward to seeing over the next few years is where you actually take this to, because uh, I think it's going to be a really exciting journey. Yeah. Exciting
0: times. Thank you so much for having me, man. Awesome. awesome.
1: Good stuff. Well, Thanks, take care. Mate. We'll Catch you soon. Cheers. Next week on the Profitable Tradie Podcast, we get taught to set goals and work hard so we can set ourselves up for the future. Turns out this isn't always the best advice. Tune into next week's podcast, where we discuss how to make this year more fun, more profitable, and to live your best life. Congratulations on being part of a select group of savvy business owners who are taking their businesses to the next level. And to help you on your journey, don't forget to check out our show notes for a copy of our free book, The Profitable Tradie, and other valuable resources. Thanks for being a part of this special group, and we'll see you in the next episode of The Profitable Tradie Podcast.